bids are in. The gavel has dropped. Ladies and gentlemen, here at WineBid, we are finally hammered. That's right. This is WineBid's podcast on all things wine value. With you, as always, I am Jeff McGurn. I work here on our marketing team. And of course, with me is Paul Walker, our wine auction and wine expert. Interestingly, we're going to get right into our, this is our auction recap episode. We're going to get right into this auction recap. We're going to start off with stuff that saw a lot of action. There was a lot going on this week. We had a lot of stuff in auction. We had a lot of bids. And right at the top, of course, is a 1988 Gugal Cote Rhone, which is funny because I love the Gugal Cote Rhone, just sort of their baseline. This one, we had six of them in auction. There were 13 bids, started off at 35 and they went at 86. I can only hope that my Gugal Cote de Rhone's will go for $86. <laughs> Granted, they, they're not, they're not 35 years old, but you never know. You never yeah. know. That's a yeah, it's it's that's a surprise to me because Gigal, you know, they make a ton of this stuff. It's not rare. It's not it rare. It wasn't yeah. rare when it was released. I'm sure there's still some of it lying around, but you know, it's a it's like a phenomenal Rhone vintage. And so I guess for something with that much time on it in great shape, that's probably just you know sat there since release and <laughs> hasn't uh, hasn't moved anywhere. Because the bottles look great, everything. There were six of them, and yeah, they all looked really, really good. So I, I think it's just collectible and and something you know to try something from that era. I suspect too the people that know this wine know that maybe it was a higher caliber of Cote d'Alene back in the day, if you will, like maybe from more select sources or you know smaller amounts of vineyards. You know what I mean? So more of a terroir-driven wine than say the the current you know, release, but I, I don't know. I Let's no be idea. honest. Everything that came out of the eighties was a higher caliber. Everything. <laughs> we have the 2018 Henri Gauge. All of these pronunciations. What today. I said. Very, very sure careful. Said. Agree to disagree. Claude de Porrette Saint-Georges. Uh, Claude de Porrette Saint-Georges. Right, right. That's what I said. And we had two of them, 43 trackers, 13 yeah. bids, started at 60 hammered at 110 i mean i was surprised you know because we've been talking about gouge now for weeks like there were older releases or you know older or i should say older vintages in that we were kind of you know we're like oh that that's a that's a decent deal and they didn't they didn't get bid up very much you know i mean they weren't very expensive i think they were all sort of in the 50 to like 75 range and some of them had some time on them too so i suspect again here that the the amount of wine that was available was very limited. And so there's probably not a lot of this available in the U S. And so I think that's, I mean, 43 trackers, <laughs> that's, that's, that's very popular. I mean, you're right. We've been talking about Gouge for a while. And I think the other thing was there wasn't, I felt like last week there wasn't as much Burgundy coming into auction and that may have also True. had an impact on things that they're just, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There just wasn't, as much. And there were a lot of burgundies. I think a lot of stuff that did come in the burgundy category was at lower price points, which may have lent itself to a little bit more competition because there's going to be more people interested in bidding on it. We had three bottles of the 06 Pierre uh, Grimont Sauvignon Le That's what I said. And this one, 36 trackers, 12 bids, started at 35, hammered at 91. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I mean, for Sauvignon Le Bon, 
I think this is a question of rarity more than anything else. That's my guess. And then sticking in uh, Burgundy, 07, uh, Bruno Colline, uh, Chassagne Montrachet. This one, 31 trackers. 11. Yeah, I don't know. It's 35 bucks to start. Who priced that? That's way too low. I mean, 50, 50 would have been more acceptable, in my opinion. Just goes to, just goes to show you, you know, that there's some good deals to be had yeah. on Wynyard. 76, Pierre Ev. Masson Chateau de Bligny, Von Romany. This one, 20 mm-hmm. trackers, 10 bids, started at 40, went, at, went up to 121. Yeah. Another incredibly underpriced wine, but the market took care of it, right? The, Mar- the, the market the buyers are going to see it. It's not going to sneak by. You're not going to get a steal on a 76 Von Romany from Chateau de Bligny. I, yeah, this is, again, I'm sure quite a rare specimen. I don't think we've ever sold it before and I'm not likely to see it again anytime. Yeah, soon. you're going to see much of that. 1990, Canalicchio di Sopra Brunello de Montesino, 18 trackers, nine bids, took it from 40 to 57, where yeah. it hammered. This one, I mean, even at 57, I still feel like Brunello is still not a bad price for Brunello with that much age. I mean, you're looking at 33 years of age, and it makes me shudder to think that somebody born in 1990 is 33 years old now. Because <laughs> that was the year I was born, obviously. A non-vintage Alexander Philan Brut Cuvée DMY, which is yeah. like DIY, but with an M. Do it myself, yourself. And then uh, that one, 22, we had two of them, 22 trackers, eight bays, 65, took it all the way up to 110. I hammered at 110. Yeah. This is a rare bird. Do not see, I'm looking actually at the back label just for fun to see who brings this in. And again, I'm sure this is something that's extremely rare in the US, if not elsewhere, and therefore, you know, quite sought after. Also, I was trying to see if there was like a disgorgement date or something, but it looks like it might have been brought in quite a while back. So that's a pretty rare example. And I don't know this producer either. So we had a 1966 Louis Martini, mm-hmm. California Mountain Special Selection Pinot Noir. Yeah, that went nuts. Yeah, 40 is what it started at. Eight bits <laughs> took it all the way to 155. Whoa. Yeah. That was yeah. quite a trajectory. I mean, it's 60s California wine, which depending on what it is, for the most part, I mean, still for, I think, 155, it's not for something that's, you know, very classic California and probably still drinking pretty well. These old martini wines really hold up really well. I'll I'll tell you, I have a bunch of Pinots uh, from California, from Napa, from the 60s. And a lot of them are actually still drinking really, really well, even today. Like, it's almost shocking that they've been able to hold up (laughs) over time. We had a, let's see, we've got a 2008 Mio Camuse Nuit Saint-Georges Au Boudot. That one, 18 trackers, eight bids. We had three. Started at 105, hammered at 220. Yeah, I think that was that one kind of hadn't been in, I think, for a long time. So it's probably an old reserve and got bit up because I, I was surprised too that we might even mention this actually as as something that was was a value last week. I don't remember, but that didn't surprise me that it got bit up to, to that price. The Mayo Camusine wines are not inexpensive and very sought after, especially domain, you know, the estate wines. So. One that we did talk about was a 1996 Viede Barolo Valero Reserva. 
This one, right. 30 trackers, eight bids, took it from 270, where it hammered at $780. Yeah, that's wow. a lot. That's a lot. It's a rare, rare wine. The, the Reserva Dolero from Vietti is not. I mean, the last time it was an auction was in 15. And then prior to that was 2011. And then there are scattered examples, you know, 11, 10, 9, 7. Anyway, it's very rare these days. And the winery changed hands, the winemakers leaving or left. I can't remember the, 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 all the details, but it's actually owned by an American family or company now. But interestingly, that was a lot of activity. I did not expect to see that. that much. Oh, an 05, Alex Gambal of Von Romani, Ville Vigne, Ville Vigne, that's what I said. 21 trackers, seven bids, took it from $45 to where it hammered at 96, just under yeah. 100 bucks. Yeah, it's an American guy, Alex Gambal produces wine in Burgundy. And they, again, pretty rare. Don't see them that often. You don't see them on restaurant lists. It's mostly, I think, a lot of them are still in Europe floating around, but or on the East Coast, maybe. I don't know. I don't, don't get out much. But that's an interesting wine. I think this kind of snuck past us, or it was added later in the week is what I suspect, because I did not see this at the beginning of the week. So I think it was added later in the week, too. There was an 82 Argiros Santorini. Oh, yeah, this Vincento. Yeah, we were talking about this, We were right? talking about this Vincento. Seven yeah, yeah. kids, 30 to 56. You're an influencer now. I mean, you're just well, you're hyping these Greek wines. And then the next one, 2013 Diamond Creek Red Rock. Yeah. We talked yeah, about this one surprising. as well. Were it not for me mentioning it, I don't think it would have gotten any bids. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure all those uh, Diamond Creek fans out there. Well, I, it was like 100. It, what was it? It's 155. Right. Yeah, we said that like, like you can't find like, Creek for under 200 bucks these days. Yeah. Well, not under 300, in fact. <laughs> well, now, and yeah, now, now, and 2013 was a great year in Napa. So I yeah. was, I mean, well, that yeah, one, I think like this winery's particular ascendance to this kind of rarefied pricing hasn't, well, I guess it's taken longer than I would have suspected. I mean, the lake was always really, really expensive, but then scattered vintages of, the 90s, even some of the 80s and various 90s vintages. And obviously then, you know, in the, through the 2000s were never that much. Because you look at the history just a couple of years ago, like there's a bunch of it was sold in 2020 and it just hammered at 160 consistently, like through the year, throughout the year. And that's when, you know, things were taken off and after COVID was going wild and it didn't push prices up, right? Like it didn't become more sought after, even though, People were buying it like crazy until this most recent. I mean, 165 was the last hammer in September of 22. So that to me is wild. I would have it's, not predicted that. It's the finally hammered podcast effect here, right? <laughs> All the, you know, winemakers beware. All that it takes is a mention <laughs> from Paul and Jeff and there you go. Oh, yeah, then there's this. Sorry, go ahead. I, Were you going to say the 85 Vu Telegraph? Well, yeah, that's not too surprising. That's a pretty amazing wine. And again, I suspect this has not been in for quite a while. No, it's been it's been quite a yeah. while since that was in. Bottle what? looks fantastic, too. It was in seven, great, great shape. Seven bids took it from 110 to 250. Then we had three bottles of the 2010 Jean-Louis Chave Saint-Joseph. Yeah, we did mention this. We did I think, you know, I wanted to talk about this a little bit because there's, you know, we'll get into it later, but I was surprised that not all of the Shav wines that were in last week actually sold. And I think a couple of them were, you know, actually around the same price to start. And this one, 
like you said, yeah, it started at 90 and sold at 210. But the other wines were also around the same price, but then didn't sell. I was a little confused about that. Yeah, that one, I was a little, I mean, $90 and then hammers at 210. That just seemed to be, you know, quite a trajectory. We had a 96 yeah. JJ Prum, Jojo's Prum, Greche Himmelreich Riesling Auslese, numero 14, 22 trackers, seven bids. Started at 65, hammered at 121. I'm actually yeah, not surprised. I mean, you're looking at an Auslese with, you know, 27 years of age. It's probably mm-hmm. sitting right now. $121 actually still seems like a pretty decent deal to me. And JJ mm-hmm. Prume is a fantastic producer of... Yeah. They make phenomenal stuff. One that I thought was kind of interesting, uh, 2011 Philippine uh, de Saint-Cyril, Chateauneuf de Pape Grand Reserva. Uh, I actually have a bunch of Philippine Saint Cyril 2011 Chateauneuf de Pap. Started at 15, hammered at 23. So that got a bunch of action for something that was a very reasonable price point. That's right, folks. We got a lot of reasonably priced stuff here. Well, you know, the other one that does make sense about this is that it actually started at a higher price and then rolled over a couple of weeks. And then, and then, and then <laughs> suddenly became popular again. So go figure. I'll cut it off there because we could go on forever and ever and ever. With Let's talk about some of the standouts for you in terms of the sure, sure. Yeah, I just wanted to mention just a couple of things. We kind of been, we always talk about some of the heavy hitters, like, you know, different designations of Romney Conti, for example. And there was a bottle of Corton Charlemagne that went in a couple of weeks ago and then hammered last night at 83, 85. So it looks like, you know, it was like, oh boy, that's, you know, that's pretty high, but it's not as though the price, I don't think is really going to change. The last hammer just not too long ago in December was 83, 85. So as you can see, it's kind of holding where it was. And that's obviously, I believe, the first vintage of Corton Charlemagne, at least publicly released from this winery. And so it's quite quite rare and sought after. There were, let's see, there was a case of 09 Lafleur Petrus hammered at 3,600. Yeah. Uh, you can see, we don't always see full case lots like that necessarily move very readily. So that was interesting. These or at least one of those 19 Bizo von Romney Le Jache hammered at 3370, which is quite an eye-watering price. But that's Bizo, not too shocking there. And a couple other examples from the 1990 Beaumonts uh, hammered at 2645. That actually seemed a little bit low to me, you know, comparatively, because we've seen other more recent examples go for more. So that was kind of interesting because there's such a banner vintage. But in fact, the 1994 Clos Bougeot hammered at 2560, or excuse me, 2660, which was slightly more than the 90 Bowen. Now, obviously, it's grown crew, but 94, not as sought after as 1990. And there was, a, let's see, a couple bottles of the, or three, excuse me, mags of 2020 Kongsgard Judge Chardonnay. And I think they sold for 900 or 810 a piece. Anyway, that was pretty wild. So a couple of fun things there to see. And I think that was about it. There, oh, yeah, 2020. There were some 2020 Munire wines in last week. I think there was a lot of attention on those. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Colombia, let's see, one sold at 365. And I think there are a few others as well. And um, some Charles Lachelle wines continue to move as well. So 
They're also a, a 1996 Diamond Creek Lake Vineyard nine liter OWC. Oh, did that thing sell? Oh, okay. uh, I love how you're playing coy. Can't wait for my birthday. <laughs> what did it sell for? 2200. Three bids took it from 16 out of 2200. I mean, a nine liter. That yeah, that's ball, funny. Here's the Again, thing. This wine was in the auction since like for months. And then, of course, it, it gets bid up, you know, repeatedly. So. Well, here's a little pro tip here, a little life hack. Corkage at a lot of places is getting up to what, like $50. So if you were to bring in 12 bottles of Diamond Creek, you'd pay $600. You bring in one <laughs> nine liter and you'll save $550 in corkage. And a nine yeah, as long as, yeah, as long as you could convince them that, you know, one bottle and it doesn't stink, <laughs> which I don't think you're going to get, get away from, but. Yeah, that's cool that it got bit up because I thought it was a little bit, you know, it was kind of getting ignored after a while, but nope, it just took one person to bid on it for it to get bit up, you know, another few hundred bucks. So, I mean, I, honestly, I don't even necessarily think that that price is all that crazy for a nine liter. I mean, you're no. looking at $183 a bottle for 96 Diamond Creek Lake Vineyard, which is a right. tremendous price. I mean, you know, look at what the other 96 went for, right? I mean, that one was three over $300, right? So this is 183. And the other great part is that nine liter probably has aged fantastically, right? Like, yeah. you know, a nine liter is probably going to be singing right now, whereas you might be, you know, more concerned about it being over the hill in a smaller bottle. Anyway. It's cool too, because I actually know that this bottle was sold in the Napa Valley auction a few years ago. I think it was actually a bunch of years ago. And so, you know, it's one of those kind of special lots that was, you know, purchased way back when by the consigner and hasn't moved anywhere. And there were a lot of really, really neat bottles from this collection. So that I thought was excellent. That you know, it was a, an interesting example, not just you know some random bottle that <laughs> came out of nowhere, but that's a fantastic wine. You're right, it, in the end, it's not overpriced. No, not at all. Well, folks, that's a wrap on our auction recap. Please join us for our next episode. We're gonna be going through all of the wines that are coming into auction. And we will see you later, folks. This has been Finally Hammered with Jeff McGurn and Paul Walker. Cheers. Cheers.